Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. <laughs> That's going to be a critical miss. <laughs> <laughs> no they cannot but listen let's let's defy this die (laughs) do our damnedest i'm in okay so previously on romancing the zone Brittany found love (laughs) with barclay and that's where our story starts with barclay so beautiful who was about to be run over by ned (laughs) that was less beautiful that was a little (laughs) a little nerve-wracking for me just like right into some action here just knowing that, yeah, those roles, they are unforgiving. And Clint is just kind of like, yep, going. I'm dreaming and such this a f- is going to be fine. I'm like, no. Right? It was just such a funny way for him to choose to play it. I'm glad it played out the way it did. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you could hear Griffin kind of like slightly hysterically giggling. like, <laughs> And Travis yeah. saying, oh, and then, and then dad killed Bigfoot. Um, so I think they, they <laughs> like kind of south real fast. Yeah, they knew it was it was kind of I don't I don't know why he decided. I mean, like, I'm I was super entertained by it, but I'm not completely sure why he decided to just oh, go full, right. full crazy taxi uh, <laughs> too fast, too for too, too fast, too furries. That's it. <laughs> God damn it. Ann. But he succeeds. I mean, you got to give him credit for that. It works. Right. Huh. I, was ju- I was like, how like if this goes south, how do you even not lose Barclay immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, like, at least have him be severely injured. So, luckily, he killed it on the roll and... And did not kill him. <laughs> right. We just instead get a cool ac- action scene that sends this bobcat flying. Can we talk about that for a second? The fact that A bobcat. Is... <laughs> and I know they actually reference this. That, like, he he means a mountain lion right. the entire time. That was what I was thinking. Bobcats because are Because a bobcat... Is nineteen pounds They're just cute and about and two feet. Yeah, they're glorified house cats. You don't want one, but they're small. <laughs> and so whenever it's like he's like pushing him off, I'm like that cat went flying because I'm such <laughs> yeah. a literal thinker. Like what you tell me, which is why I hate the words like crunchy to <laughs> right. describe a person. Because like oh, they're disgusting and like snap. Yeah. So when you say a bobcat, yeah. So when he kept calling it a bobcat, I was like, I'm out. Like all I can see is a little I tiny pointy eared, adorable bobcat. And I was like, he means mountain lion. I got it. I got just trick my brain into thinking that and then I can actually see it. But. Yeah. See, it doesn't bother me because personally, I don't care what size it is. If it's a reanimated creepy ass cat that's drooling black ooze, I am no, that's not messing fair. with it no matter how big it is or small it is. You're totally right. That's what I pictured initially was a bobcat and I was like I'd be creeped the hell out and mm-hmm. run the other way Yeah. but when he's talking about the physical fight between yeah. the bobcat and a seven and a half foot Bigfoot that's when I'm like eh. okay like so I, now just, I need my imagining him wrestling a kitten with little at this cat. point <laughs> essentially yeah which I'd love to go with that one so that's what I'm doing that's what my brain decided so Bigfoot throws a bobcat away <laughs> a literal small bobcat he tosses a him. literal bobcat <laughs> Two more show up. Yeah. That is when our, I say our like I did anything with it, but the the Photoshop Nell did comes to life. Oh, you're, I didn't it even does. think about that. I, I'm a soothsayer. Bigfoot. <laughs> I did it. You are. I'm so proud. <laughs> well, he I, he put the bracelet on first. But. No, 
it's no first he gets in and he's straight up bigfoot is he still yeah, and then he puts. Oh, I made sure. Okay, like I mean, I was like, did it happen? And then he puts the bracelet on, so he becomes Barclay, human Barclay, while he's sitting down oh, in the car. Oh, you are right. You're right. He had already buckled up as Bigfoot and then put the bracelet on. Well, you know, safety <laughs> first. Boy. He knows. Yeah, he knows what's up. Well, and he just saw Clint drive. <laughs> I do it. Yeah, those little cars—they don't have airbags or anything. You you hit some if you're not wearing seatbelt. Oh, you're going straight through the windshield. And I do appreciate that <laughs> there were some sweet car stunts. And I knew you would be. Mm-hmm. Get some Top Gear up in there. Oh, I'm sorry. Now it's called uh, the Grand Tour. Get some Grand Tour up in there. But and so these two just take off into the woods, which I think thinking of the woods that I know being like the woods up in Michigan, I'm like, you can't drive through the woods. This doesn't work this way. Uh-huh. But I guess if it looks more like, uh, what is it called in Harry Potter? The Forbidden the Forest. Forbidden Forest, I think is, yeah, I think you're right. If it looks more like that, then like they drove a car through it. Yeah, it's a pen- like, it depends so on the dense. type. Yeah. Yeah, some of them. I mean, healthy healthy forests usually don't have a lot of undergrowth. Mm. Um, so the trees are actually, mm. it depends on the, on the climate, but usually the trees are fairly far apart. And the grass, the ground cover would be low. Yeah. I mean, it is still, it is still concerning to be driving <laughs> this really enormous boat of a right. car, which has, you know, probably no power steering, I would think. Oh, absolutely yeah. not. But here I am. I'm willing to suspend my disbelief, get swept away. They go off into the woods. He has a plus one. Yeah. Oh, I mean, true. Can't argue with that. I mean, and I would never try to, of course. I'm down. If you want... <laughs> Like, when Magnus had vehicle proficiency, I'm like, yes, I'm into it. Anytime people are great with vehicles, <laughs> I'm down. You don't gotta ask me twice. This episode hopped around so much. Where are we even going next? Okay. They're in the car. Barclay has turned back into a soft-bearded man. A soft-bearded man. No, Didn't I like they that. say his beard was soft? soft I, in my, I have the word soft in my mind for some reason. In in my <laughs> world, it's a very soft beard, soft eyes. Like, He's just wonderful. You were you were shooting your own like romantic music video. With this guy. <laughs> Listen, the my own bodice ripper. Just, <laughs> it's just gonna be Brittany's romance novel with Barclay. She is really romancing that zone this week. Jesus. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for us this week. I'm just working with what they gave me. So they're going to the Soft lodge. Bigfoot. Okay, <laughs> they are headed for the Amnesty Lodge, where we. Catch up again with Mama and Aubrey, who are actually leaving the lodge. They're heading out into the woods. Yeah, I'm actually a little disappointed that that um, that Griffin asks and Travis specifies that Aubrey does not have Doctor Bonkers with her because I, I was know. kind of hoping that she just at all times had him in either one of those like rocket ship backpack yeah. things with the little window, or like one of the the cat hoodies where you can put them in the pocket and they just sort of snuggle there. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad mm-hmm. he's not going into totally danger. Totally agree. But. I was really hoping for some adorable carrying device for Doctor Harris Bonkers, and of course we all want to see him. But I think it makes so much sense for the character to want to leave him behind yeah. because we, as the listener, feel that Griff has something planned for the rabbit. But Aubrey, from her point of view, you know she's come up with his backstory and everything for him. But essentially, he is her pet rabbit. And she took a very quick liking to everybody at the lodge, especially Danny, obviously. So it, it makes a lot of sense to me that she would yeah. feel comfortable leaving right. him there. Well, she goes gallivanting off into the night. Maybe that's like her little wink wink. Yeah, absolutely. Like, here's my new connection with you, cute Danny. Mm-hmm. Please watch my rabbit. <laughs> makes sense to me. Yeah, I, I liked uh, specifying whether or not she looked like Laura Dern, too. I thought that was kind of adorable. <laughs> I loved that. 
Peak Dern. <laughs> Are we great. agreed that Jurassic Park is Peak Dern? I think I think it's a tough call. But I, I would think certainly. It, it's I mean, hard to argue does, with it. There's so much good Dern out there, but yeah, I think that's a fair statement that Jurassic Park is Peak Dern. Say, I could go off on this for like three hours. So I'm welcome to our new Laura Dern fan cast. <laughs> this week we're discussing. This movie that Nell loves a whole bunch, he always thinks of with her, October Sky. Did anybody else watch that? <laughs> no. Most people sorry. have. <laughs> I'm now sorry I mentioned Laura Dern. <laughs> Never apologize for mentioning Laura Dern. Um, how many episodes are we hoping for? One more? Yeah, five four, more? four or five is what Griffin was saying. So that would be one to two more from here. Okay. So I imagine we're going to get the culmination of... The battle that we all know happens in this one and the wrap up. Uh-huh. And it's just going to be that little taste, that little amuse-bouche. Yeah. Right. Okay, so Dern's aside, back to the story. <laughs> we don't have Dr. Harris Bonkers with us, but we are following Mama and Aubrey on their way into the woods. And as they're walking, Mama's kind of explaining to Aubrey things about this other magical realm that we've learned about. Right. And I love it because as Mama's talking... Aubrey's, like, flicking her finger like a lighter. <laughs> Trav's been so good about delivering Just... those little extra details, and I love it. Yeah. It's It gives us a sense of who she is. Mm-hmm. That little bit of business makes a huge difference. Yeah, a full image of her entire personality. Yeah. Right like, there. she's paying attention, Just kind like, of. I'm listening, but also, yeah. Yeah. And I truly do think, like, she is ingesting it, but yeah. this is what she does. It's like... That's, I feel like, what magicians have to do. They have to be moving. They have to be yeah. going all the time. And it's a little fidgety, that's but it's also this cool best. power that now she knows that she has. Right. Um, it also just reaffirms the fact that she's much younger and is very charmed by all of this. Leaves her rabbit with the werewolves and whatnot. <laughs> a lot of faith in that, Aubrey. Well, she does mention later that she can set things on fire with her mind. I think she's not real intimidated by anything that's going on at this point. I think she's she's exited the point where she was afraid. It seems like all of these characters are real chill. They just kind of roll with it very, <laughs> very much. You know, Aubrey doesn't seem to... Even when she sees all monsters, you know, we discussed this before, that she's mostly just charmed by them. And Ned assumes he's in a dream. He doesn't freak out when he sees Barclay become Bigfoot. And then we have Duck, which let's hop over to him because we've had this kind of buildup learning about this magical world called Sylvain. And we know that this is where the people from the lodge come from. And Sylvain is where we find our bird boy. After he escaped the beast by running through the trilithin, I looked it up. I think that's how you say it. Did you um, write down, because when he walks in... They describe it as it's like blurry and watercolors and... It almost sounds like, yeah, he wakes not, up on the ground I, and he doesn't have a good... Yeah. He can't... I got the impression that the effect of this um, of this other world is that such that he, he walks through and like immediately falls like face down, you know, so he can see mm-hmm. around him, mm-hmm. but he's on his stomach at that time. Yeah. Time. Okay. So it's not that the world is watercolors. It's no, that it's the effect of yeah. Like, I think he just it makes him tripping. and it makes him angry. Like he he goes into a berserker mode. He's almost. angry and high. Yeah, which is a bad combination. Really bad combination. <laughs> right. I was like, no, that's not how it's supposed to happen. And he's just tripping for a brief moment because then he does come to and he can see clearly and he's in. Did they describe the room that he's in? I can't remember. 
Yeah, it's just they. It's just a small dark room with this wooden table mm. and chairs in it. So Thank I think you. it's not. You know, I don't think it's kind of nondescript. Yeah. It's like, you know, where you would take somebody when you've captured them and you don't know what their motivations yeah, are. The questioning room. Mm-hmm. The anger zone. That's what we'll call the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, he's <laughs> he's in prison, but I, I love that he's in prison, but they've made him fabulous, I guess, with this scarf. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a little scarf. I love that it was a Burberry scarf. <laughs> Travis, you're hysterical. This is where I figured we would spend some time discussing Sylvain, because I feel like there's a lot to theorize about here and just kind of see what we're thinking. I just want to know what everybody's thinking about this because, you know, we realize that this person in front of him who is wearing this armor and they have this helmet on, they take off the helmet and it's a goat, which made me think of Asgore from the hit game Undertale. See, and I was thinking of a goat man with a scar, so I was thinking of Mr. Tumnus the phone. Mm. <laughs> so you were going definitely like goat who is not wearing armor at all. Well, that's what they call him. It's the goat man. <laughs> Fair point. That is literally the combination of words. Um, and also to your point, Clint even says, oh, it's Pan, which that was adorable. Uh-huh. That was very Yeah, I cute. think I was I was kind of thinking of uh, the fawn from Pan's Labyrinth. So mm, similar. That's similar a good one. That's probably I even I like that better. we all went to a different place with that. We did. I'll mm-hmm. go to completely different places. Did anybody, uh, did you guys look up the cryptid of the goat man? I did, I did not. not. There's, like, a live picture, which is totally fake and photoshopped, uh, but it's kind of spooky. <laughs> I mean, but then I'll there's another it. one where he's very handsome, and mm. you'll know which one I'm talking about. I'm going <laughs> to do it right now. Don't mind the sounds of my keys tapping. So that's the one I go with. Goat man. This has just turned into a cryptid dating show. Ah. <laughs> that's what this whole arc is. It is called Romancing the Zone. Yes, I see the one you mean. Very handsome. Right? Yeah. All right, so listeners, go ahead. Take your time. <laughs> oh, God, there's some really creepy stuff on here. Oh, right? I don't like this page. Like the rape? Everybody right there? now. I know. Go. Google, <laughs> Google cryptid goat man and just like go, oh, with me. I hate these. Somebody, oh, <laughs> some of these are so bad. <laughs> what is that one? No. Close the tab now. Close oh my god! The tab. Oh my god! I hate it. Okay, I'm closing. Oh my god! I made it. I'm back. Think <laughs> about this this nice, fairly fairly sweet goat man chewing on his pencil. Right. Just keep that. Keep the handsome one in your mind. That's Vincent. I saw like a face on a chair. I don't know what it was. I didn't like it. Oh, it was real. Now bad. I've got to go back. Go Google it, yeah. And then somebody please tell me what it was. Okay. So we don't have one. We have a handsome goat man in front of us. That's the the takeaway here. Back back to Sylvain. We have a handsome goat man in front of us. It's been decided by this dating show. Yeah, I personally am absolutely in love with this kind of deadpan handling of of this really weird shit that this guy is just like, I I do not want to be part of of things being weird. So no matter what happens, I am going to maintain this uh, this veneer of it not being that weird. It's not weird. (laughs) And I'm going to talk about about a space bear, but... Like, it's a totally normal thing. It's <laughs> totally not freaking natural. me out at all. Your typical space bear. <laughs> well, and he's even, like, professional about it. He's like, listen, yeah. I'm of the law. You're of the law. Let's meet in the middle here. But it sounds like this uh, goat man, Vincent, great name. Always There's a good some choice. rules. It's so good. So Sylvain is this magic world. And what we gather from Duck being there 
And what we gathered from what Mama was saying about it, we know things like when humans cross over, they go aggro, they go berserker, unless you're wearing an article of clothing or an accessory from Sylvain, which is interesting. And so that's why it seems like the opposite is true to a degree for the, the sylphs, as they're called, who go to the human world. And then they all have their accessories that kind of disguise them. So it seemed like, in a way... A one for one, but like with different effects. But I, I mean, I don't yeah. know. That's what it seemed like to me, which I thought was a cool concept. So that was my takeaway as well. Well, and, and we also we also learn about um, the history of this world more mm-hmm. than we had learned from Mama. And the, yeah, and they, they had the weird part of the history is that in this universe, the humans are the aggressors, the humans are the are the monsters, and it seems to have had an extremely detrimental effect on this world because Vincent makes some reference to their resources being strained. We know that their rules have gotten increasingly uh, draconian, as Mama says. Yeah. Um, so this influence between these two worlds is, you know, you could say, well, because it would have been easy to go with, well, there's this portal and there's this magical world and these things come through and then they mess with us. Mm-hmm. But this is really the mm-hmm. other way around that we've kind of uh, apparently destroyed their ecosystem their economy their society in some way yeah and as travis said humans suck agreed (laughs) too agreed (laughs) well it's potentially kind of an interesting storyline that that uh duck is the one who goes through that duck's entire job in his world is protecting these natural resources and making sure that humans don't you know mess with the ecosystem too much and and then he's talking mm-hmm. to this guy who's saying, well, that's basically exactly what's happened in our world, that we've been, you know, we've had too many people coming into our sort of unspoiled landscape yeah. and spoiling it. Um, yeah, that's a cool correlation. Right. I hadn't thought about that. Me neither. Nice job, Anne. Way to go, Anne. <laughs> uh, so they referenced the sylph outcasts, the ones that stay at the Amnesty Inn. Yeah. But why are they outcasts? That's my question. That's where I was like, maybe we can theorize about this. Okay. Yeah, I guess they did not follow whatever the rules were that were supposed to be maintained to try to keep the balance in this world, which sounds like it's uh, pretty close to teetering off balance. I mean, we also know there's there's something going on with this. Um, this crystal seems to be important. We're, I mean, I'm assuming that yes. the, the orange glowing crystal on the tabard has something to do with the blurry thing that Duck saw. I'm so glad you brought that up because that's exactly what I was thinking. Duck saw through, because he woke up in some room that had like pillars around it. And mm-hmm. there was another trilithon on inside of it. And from outside, he could see this huge glowing crystal. Then... I almost said Mr. Tumnus. Then Vincent has on his tabard <laughs> a glowing orange crystal, and Barclay was holding a little glowing orange crystal ah. last week. Mm-hmm. Well, and and uh, Vincent also mentions that the the primary negative effect that humans had was that the uh, Mama says that the world is alive, and mm-hmm. Vincent says that humans broke its heart. So maybe this crystal has uh, some aspect of being the heart of this. Living worlds, yeah. Mm -hmm. You have to board the boat, sail across the sea. (laughs) I'm trying to think who could be Maui. I have no idea which one. I I have not seen the movie yet, so I mostly know there's a chicken. It's real good. I know it's really good. I just haven't gotten to it. There are so many theories about the chicken. I learned this. I had no idea people had theories about the chicken. (laughs) That'll be our next podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but back to the the outcasts. One of the thoughts I had was that maybe they were. You know, like half elves, like, ooh, you've intermingled with humans. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe mm-hmm. they're not full sylphs, or I yeah. thought maybe there was some human right. influence there, and that was why they were 
when I was thinking that with the werewolves. Yeah. Because mm. werewolves are always, you know, they're yeah. man-wolves. That's literally what the name is. So Right. And I know that they're just a, a popular uh, cryptid or supernatural, but I feel like that plays into the idea that you have too much human in you. Yeah. We don't trust you. Or maybe you are of both worlds. Get out. That Yeah. No, that's a good call. So whatever these rules are that we don't know that they broke, even though Duck breaks the rules, they still decide to let him go back to his world. Right. Which I do wonder, like, would there have been a punishment otherwise? That's interesting. And so this takes us out of Sylvain and into our earthly realm and will bring us to Mama and Barclay, who we know know each other. We know have a connection Mm -hmm. To Sylvain. I would say Vincent knows Mama, too. Vincent knows Mama because he says he wants to talk to her. So they have some kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, and with that, he's kind of like, ugh, I'm just gonna gonna have to talk to her. And he takes his scarf back. It is his scarf. It's not made of his fur, (laughs) which I did wonder for a moment. Which I... We all thought that. I totally was in that. Like, when he said, oh, yeah, it's mine. I was like, oh, cute. He knitted (laughs) his own scarf of his own fur. Like a goat. Like, you know, goats knit. And they have fur that gets turned into stuff. So... I was totally on that wavelength until Griffin very curtly was like, uh, no, that's gross. <laughs> I was like, it's not. It's you natural. I mean, I it's guess. Fine. I don't want to wear, like, a person hair scarf. <laughs> you <Well>. know? <laughs> Is it creepier if it's yours or someone else's? Like, I mean, I, yeah. I it's yeah. Like I don't a... want to. Listen, my hair's ready to catch fire at any moment. I certainly don't need that extra <laughs> fire hazard in my life. <laughs> I do not think we want to know. We we want to get too deep into where the people in this fantasy world are, who are part animal in some cases are getting their uh, their wool from. Let's just not go there. We don't want to know. True. We'll leave it at we that. We'll let a whole other door now. We'll let Griffin answer those questions. Uh, but yeah, Duck gets sent home. He's let off with a warning. Don't you do it again. And he leaves. And we have to back back up for a hot second. Because we have Aubrey and Mama and Ned and Barclay all going to the same place in a, like, one hell of a meet-cute for some of these characters. <laughs> so you can't see the gate unless, unless Mama points out the gate to you. Or unless you, unless you are yeah. of that world or you're straight up looking for it. Was that the other? I think it's you have yeah. to know of it. Yeah. Although we don't, we don't know why Aubrey can see it. So, and I, I think I am. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm curious. Or really, whether, why duck? Because like being yeah. the chosen is not the same as being from Sylvain. Well, and I think yeah, that although that's his, the as far as we know, here, is yeah. why can both of mm-hmm. these people see it without being prompted? Well, they don't really know. I don't think why Aubrey has magic powers. That seems to be sure. kind of confusing as well. Yeah. And no one seems to be quite clear on why. And because Vincent seemed confused by the idea that Duck had this spirit guide that had yeah. shown him the gate in the first place. So right. there's yeah. obviously some forces that neither of these people as knowledgeable as they seem from our standpoint that there are things that they don't know either right listen Um, it sounds like nobody knows fucking anything and we're all confused here (laughs) that's that's the most accurate thing in this fantasy (laughs) world (laughs) we're all just confused and wandering around in the woods no one no one knows what's happening (laughs) welcome but it does it does lead to this 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 meet cute like you called it it is adorably awkward yeah Um, it is the cutest thing (laughs) Barkley's like, hey, Mama, what's up? Why, why do you have a, a, this girl with you? 
Oh my gosh, Mama shouting, Ned a fucking chicane, and Ned responding, <laughs> how do you know my middle name? Oh my god. I laughed fucking for a brilliant. full minute. That's so great. <laughs> Internet father, you're so damn funny. Thank you. That was so good. <laughs> She's well gone again. Well she, we lost her. Just thinking about it. I was. I really wanted a fan animation of of uh, this happening and the the car crashing crashing into the gate and Aubrey waving waving well, her, her hand which is too. on fire. Yeah. Uh huh. Right, crashing into the invisible gate. Aubrey's hands on fire, thrown away <laughs> to this beardo man. And like, it's so good because like. Mama's just getting more and more fucking pissed at everybody's bullshit right now. Uh-huh. She's just like, Ned, Barkley, why? <laughs> Aubrey, stay here. Hang on. And then Duck just wanders out of the gate like, oh, what's up, y'all? And she's like, like I Nobody have. else can know. And then there's <laughs> Duck. Like, oh. We've all been in that moment, though. Yeah. Where, like, it just gets worse and worse. And you're like, and that's it. And then here's the next one. Like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> And the team is together, and yeah. we've been waiting for this for three whole episodes. Um, but it does feel like a long time because it's all been separate stories, and now da, 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 everyone's in the same spot. It's very rewarding. Everyone's sharing yeah. the same yeah, space. It's good payoff. It is. Mm-hmm. And this is always like if you watched season one of Heroes, that's the only one I'll talk about. Like that was the best part of that season was. When everyone got together, you had their separate stories. I love that you reached for heroes, man. It <laughs> I was going to say, isn't that, the, yeah, and that's usually the like, man, that took too long example too. So I love that no you way. that you enjoyed that about that it. That it made season it feel... one was perfection in that. Like I thought they nailed it. Sorry, this is not a heroes podcast, uh, <laughs> but that's always what I think about. It's second only to when the villain turns and helps the Listen, team. Listen, when the villain joins the team, it <laughs> is the same feeling as the team finally meeting up times like five million. I can't wait till this villain, which we finally get to see. Yeah. Which is basically exactly what you guys, I think both of you guys described it. It was kind of the, the marriage of all of our ideas yeah. together. That was teamwork. Our team finally came together, too. Um, oh. Yeah, after Mama and Barclay, we do have to, they they leave. They say, you stay here. Heaven help you if I leave this gate and you three fuckers aren't standing right here. And hopefully and no so one's on fire. They put Aubrey in charge. <laughs> Aubrey? She's like, Aubrey? Sure. <laughs> These ding-dongs. Keep them in line. Please and thank you. But don't incinerate them. Um, I'll burn them to the ground. No. So Mama and Barclay have left. And then, yes, we we see our monster. And, yeah, our ideas have kind of been, because I was thinking, like, skeleton with a patchwork of animal skins. But then that was built up to be, what if it's all of these animals still intact, but all in one amalgam, which is exactly what it ends up being. And it sounds horrific. It's It's very end of a carrot. Yeah. Griffin loves mm-hmm. it, and this reveal with the with the music under it because it mm. starts so quiet that it's almost subliminal. It's it's quite upsetting. Like I mean, in a good way. This is a compliment. Yes. Like I, I love I love horror. I love scary yes. shit. And it is it is the presentation of it. Even though we've already had some idea of what they're up against, finally seeing it feels like a very satisfying. Yeah, thing. it's reward after reward. We mm-hmm. get our team together, and then we get the monster reveal, and and it's a good reveal. And then there's a fight. Yeah. Well, in the in the. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we were talking about the the team finally coming together, and they really do because they, even though they don't really know each other, I mean, they we know they've encountered each other because Duck says, "Oh, hey, okay. I recognize you from that time you almost burned down the the forest or whatever," and I had to cite you. Yeah, we get that recognition um, between Duck and Aubrey. I love it. Yeah, that they have some sort of you know prior relationship, but they they go straight into crisis and straight into teamwork, mm-hmm. um, which is which is a super cool um, thing for them to do that they go straight to. Well, that. and even yeah, I love that. For whatever reason, I just really love that uh, Ned kicks it off and is, like, on it. He's like, yeah. I got a bunch of stuff in this trunk. And it just <laughs> looks really cool. Like, it's really badass in my mind that he throws that uh, whatever it is, the baton or whatever walking to duck. Stick, yeah. yeah, Walking stick. Yeah. It looks very, it's very baller in my mind. Anybody throwing something and then the other person <laughs> catching it, like, like badass. getting it, yes. it's, yeah, it's very cool. And mm-hmm. I, I do like the bit of business that uh, that he, he yells duck and then maybe Aubrey <laughs> ducks <laughs> and duck catches it. Uh-huh. Which would be a logical thing to do in this situation. Mm-hmm. But it does, it does break break bad pretty quickly because mm-hmm. uh the first the first thing that duck does is try to distract this monster because i guess hitting it with a stick is not really going to cut it since he's fought it before and it didn't go right. very well throwing a um, gun at it didn't work so yeah so he lo- he lures him he lures this monster into this gate which which apparently the monster cannot see yeah interesting gamble the, that this, that this i found interesting yeah that's fascinating yeah so he he comes about because of it, but not through it. Well, that's what, yeah. I mean, there's another mystery. We don't know. Because I thought for sure he'd see the gate, but no, run smack Right, because initially it. I didn't know. Like, I'm like, yeah. is Duck trying to put him back into the gate? Good luck, Mama and Barclay kind of thing. But no, it really was just to have him, like, hit the stone and kind of give them a moment to regroup. And it gives Aubrey a chance to move, which what fucking mm-hmm. teamwork, like, right off the bat. Her grabbing the lantern, throwing it because that's what she knows. It's fire. This this is her right. This is her I, wheelhouse, babe. So what's he? Bear, wolf, deer. deer. I meant to write all the different parts of him down, but whatever. Um, our chimera swords. Yeah, and it's really it's the it's the ooze mm-hmm. that's the bad thing, right? And just like kind of slucked them all together. <laughs> slucked them. Yeah, yeah, gross. Sorry, slucked them. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta get the sound of the word. With the you gotta know that word. works <laughs> all together, like, right? You could go back to a classic scrumbled, but that's too cute. I think slucked is good and disgusting <laughs> it's sounding. Way too cute. Yeah, scrumbled would be like a bunch of puppies and kittens, like right. In a if bundle. there was like a baby monster, <laughs> that's not that was quiet. like a bunch of cute animals. You could be like, oh, oh it's scrumbled together. But, oh, wow. oh man, oh dear, this is getting increasingly <laughs> disturbing. To be honest, that's not cute at all. <laughs> Look at the scrumble of Malcolm of baby animals. <laughs> <laughs> and then this scary fucker all schluck together. Okay, so the scary slucker. So he's. <laughs> And he's on fire. Right. All now it's this, on fire. And he's on fire, too. What does Duck gets hit do? a couple times. Yeah. Because he gets mm-hmm. hit. Like, the thing hits the gate. It Because of that fucking deer head, it's got the antlers. And those keep hitting Duck. Oh, so yeah. he takes oh, a hit yeah. somewhere. Um, he is still the man who's hard to kill, but he does take some damage. And then the bear thing hitting the gate. The beast hitting the gate and then Aubrey setting it on fire does a good amount of damage, it seems, or at least a decent amount. But then, oh, because then then Ned moves again and he uses what apparently we just thought was like muck. And like, like if you think about like swamp slime, like it smells bad, but like it's just slime. Like it's 
gross, right. but like something from like a rain reservoir. Yeah. Not no, great, apparently but... it's like full on animal feces. <laughs> yeah. He had he had said that before, and I think we all just wanted to kind of blast did past he? this information. He did. Oh, he did when he first mentioned it. I yeah. really just no. thought it was like swampy. Like, well, I've had this <laughs> no, reindeer for a long time. It's pretty gross. <laughs> no, he said it was animal scent and stuff. Ugh. So yeah. So uh, yeah, he still got that, and that's what he. Which, what an interesting move! Like he Ned throws this. I don't know what he was holding it in. Some kind of jug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, okay, so he had it. in something to disperse it around anyway. Right. So he was ready yeah, for that. Yeah, this glass jug. Yeah, yeah. Fucking gross. But so he uh, splashes that, and interestingly, it distracts the beast. It's almost like the animal mind takes yeah. over more than the whatever the... The, the abomination, I think, yeah. is what they, they, they yeah, refer yeah. to. Yeah. It, it kind of, like, overpowers it. At least that's the impression I got. See, and I thought it was not that. I thought it was the the abomination wanting more animals. Oh, that that makes more sense. Also, possible. and it was like, ooh, gimme! That sounds <laughs> smells gross. Yeah. I want it. It's like a dog. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put all of them. What on what me. awful thing gross. can I roll in? <laughs> <laughs> and collect into this this katamari hellscape <laughs> I've made for myself. Yeah, so that that's where my brain went to was that, that makes sense. the abomination was like eh more. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, a little bit like No Face from, yeah. from Spirited Away. That kind yes. of focus on thing that you want. Perfect. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love I love what a lateral problem solver Clint is, which is a, maybe a nice way of saying that. I think he often throws Griffin. For yeah. A loop. Oh, he definitely um, does. That you know he comes he comes at something in a really unexpected way. Uh huh. But. It makes it much more interesting, and honestly, it makes it more believable, I think, in some ways, that if you're in this weird situation that you don't really know how to handle, that yeah. your, your problem-solving solutions may not be as obvious. as I mean, because imagine at how, how boring this would have been if they had all had guns, and they just started unloading <laughs> a clip into this thing Light it up, for like right? three minutes, and it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so instead, we've got this like coordinated effort. Yeah. And it was, it was actually, wasn't it after... Um, Ned throws the the stuff and distracts the monster briefly. That that they set Aubrey sets the the walking stick yeah, on fire. Yeah, she sets the little baton um, on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then Ned goes for it and, and manages to set duck. the entire creature. I mean, sorry, yeah, yeah duck duck uh, sets the whole creature on fire. Right. Which seems for a hot second like it's going it to work, like gonna even work. though. But then, even though Duck is, I mean, it's a really good thing that Duck took Invincible as one of those, oh my God. Uh, one of those options in character creation because he would have been toast by now right. if he didn't have that plus two on armor. Well, and that was an interesting thing when uh, Aubrey powered up the staff, and uh, when Justin made such a good role, was it? Yeah, because he made such a good role that he kind of got to choose an yeah, extra yeah. power here. Yeah, that's the benefit mm-hmm. if you get a, a twelve or higher. Right. So it was really interesting, one, that now his item had the magic tag. So I like that we learned about that. And um, I remember when Griffin was describing the options, part of me was like, well, does he need extra defense? Because I feel like he's just going to hit this thing and he'll, he'll be good. But, you know, he does end up getting hit. It, it wouldn't have been a bad idea yeah. had he chosen extra defense. I think it was it was an in-character decision. Oh, certainly. Like, it fits, for sure. He was prioritizing. Yeah. Yeah. That was just me being like, oh, I don't know if he needs it. And then I was like, well... Yeah. yeah, he could have used it, but still a good choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you think, it feels like, okay, our heroes made quick work of this. And then, like, this is where I was a little, like, I had to re-listen to it. Because they, 
all feel something. Like, they feel this kind of sensation that, like, this has been a, a unique kind of thing for the three of them. Yeah. And then it starts raining. I I wasn't sure if we were supposed to, like, is that something that whatever the ooze is did? Because that obviously is now going to put out the fire. So the bear, the beast is drenched and no longer a flame. <laughs> I think it was just, it was just bad luck. Do you think? That they're kind of, yeah, I mean, I think. You know, we get this sort of code. That's what I thought too. Okay. About yeah, about them standing their ground and having this moment of, hey, maybe maybe we can do this and maybe it's going to be okay. And then, then it kind of it's not because life throws you curveballs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. And at first, I thought it was a supernatural rain, mm-hmm. but then when Griffin was saying, "And duck, you like this is normal. Like this is something you've seen before." The way the rain comes in. Right, that's and, like, true. And the that's a trees call. move with it and everything. Right, then it's like, oh god, yeah, we're about to get like a sudden late summer storm. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you for clarifying, because yeah, I was very much like, I don't know if I was supposed mm-hmm. to pick up something there. He plays it very ominously, though. I had mm-hmm. to listen yeah. to it a couple times, too. Okay, good. It wasn't just me. Yeah, I thought maybe there was yeah. going to be more ooze initially. For like a hot right second. when it was mm-hmm. like the dripping, I'm like, oh no, what's what's suddenly standing? Yeah. Over I thought them? they were gonna look yeah. up in a tree. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, you got it. You and got like it. the ooze is in the tree, and it's got like twelve birds, mm-hmm. twelve ooze <laughs> <culture> man, <laughs> another slug schlucked together, schlucked up birds. <laughs> Here comes some schlucked up birds. Look out, schlucked together. A series of bats. <laughs> And it flies like a ding dong because like all the feather or like all the wings are just flapping at the same time. It's actually pretty sad. You're like, oh no, look at this. What's scarier than one bat? Fifteen all glued together. No. <laughs> and that's where we leave it. Kind of a brutal cliffhanger there, yeah. there, Griffin. Say, super good. <laughs> leave though. us hanging. We're lucky it's weekly now, right? No, right. He mentioned the amount of extra work they have to do, and I was like, "I'm with you. I feel you." Now that we also are <laughs> weekly, I'm like, "Uh huh, yeah, <laughs> I got you." But it's fun. At least it's fun. We're all having a good time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's something I genuinely look forward yeah. to. So yeah. So there's that. Not like meetings. <laughs> Fuck those. <laughs> okay, ladies, is there anything in our notes that we missed as we were going through? Uh, I just have some some tidbits of some of the the references that were thrown into this show that we might not get. Is that what you want me to do? Oh, I was so hoping you would say that. Lay it on us. <laughs> okay, so Clint makes a reference to Joey Chitwood, mm-hmm. who is a race car driver, who was uh, a stunt stunt man in a stunt show. Oh, there is also uh, he also makes a reference to fine Corinthian leather, which was an <laughs> advertising term that was coined. Uh, for Chrysler in the 1970s, primarily in a television ad campaign starring Ricardo Maltavon. Nice. Um, although the the leather was actually from New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> he also he also yells "yoinks" in a way, which is from mm. uh, a, a cartoon, a Looney Tunes short called Robin Hood Daffy that came out in '58. It's yes. very funny. You should look up the clip. Um, yeah. It's uh, Daffy slamming into a bunch of trees, which is an interesting choice <laughs> considering he was about to drive through some woods. Um, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, there's also, Justin makes reference to Yahoo Holler, which is a West Virginia-specific term about uh, their their Bigfoot legend, their oh. local Bigfoot legend. I wondered um, about I, this. Yeah, I believe it is actually supposed mm-hmm. to be pronounced Yahoo. Oh. Uh, because the term comes from the sound, the screaming sound that these, oh. these creatures are supposed to make. 
And they are local. Yahoo Holler is specific to the Monongahela National Forest. So Justin's been doing I this I feel homework. like I've heard of that before. I, I had heard of it at some point in my, my distant cryptid obsessed yeah, past. Yeah, probably like a documentary. Uh-huh. Right, because I'm not from that area at all, but I do watch a lot of weird documentaries. Of so. I wouldn't be surprised if that had showed up at some point. Very cool. Well done, Justin. Uh, and and lastly, maybe we should close with uh, we should close with exit pursued by a bear. Yeah, we um, can close our own show. Exit pursued by a bear. Uh, this is a reference to Shakespeare's probably most famous stage direction. It appears in the play Win- A Winter's Tale um, when a character is in fact chased off stage by a bear. Yeah, and it's become like a trope of like when a villain. Like, the hero can keep their hands clean because, oh, don't worry, the villain was taken care of by, like, a crocodile with a clock in his tummy. Mm-hmm. And it's very funny. They managed to work that in. <laughs> it was extremely amused. It was perfect. And I think I think that's pretty much it. That's all the tidbits. Thanks for those. I know. I feel like we need a, a name for Anne's, Anne's extra <laughs> info. Yeah, there's one that I'm not sure, sure about because uh, uh, Justin slips in that... Um, what was it? Call, call me dipped in shit, rolled in breadcrumbs, which I think might <laughs> might be a reference to a comic book movie from the '90s starring Shaq, but I'm oh not God. completely certain. So. <gasps> no, you're right. <laughs> what from Steel? Yeah, I think it's from Steel. I, I like. I don't know that's, if that term existed yeah. before that, but I think that's what it's from. <laughs> I learned so much. <laughs> <laughs> deep cuts, <laughs> pointless deep cuts, but but the entertaining ones. No. But that's, it's that richness. It brings a richness to it. Thanks. Thanks so much for enlightening us. I appreciate it. You're welcome. And enlightening me, especially. We also had some enlightening answers from our question last week. And the question was, on which monster would you swipe right for Tinder? We have SLJ at SSBSLJ who says they would swipe right on werewolves and, well, basically monsters that can toss me through the wall, to be honest. Which, Love it. Of course. <laughs> I'm down. Mariah at Space Lesbian says, I'm hoping for a big buff monster lady for Lady Flame, but also for me. Wonderful. I Love. hope that too. <laughs> Perfect. For you. <laughs> um, and it me at RD Merp. Love that. Says, a monster with kind eyes. If monster has no eyes, then whatever monster has a lesbian aura. So these are all, like, (laughs) the best answers I could have ever hoped for. Thank you so much, team. Yes, thank you. You guys get us. Like, I love these answers so much. You're totally our people. We're so thrilled you decided to sit with us. Uh, We also wanted to thank some of the people who were kind enough to retweet our our sort of little milestone, our 10th episode last week. Um, So I'm just going to pick a couple of names to read off. We've got at Loop the Great at Third Sergio, at Magnus Dogsides, at The Mad Warrior, and I think this is Houston McElroy? Oh, oh, sorry, that's it. I think it's Justin McElroy, uh, which doesn't seem right, because that would have been an extremely kind thing for him to do, and we would not be here without him. And we wouldn't be here without you guys either, so thank you all so much. Thanks so much! Thank you! We love having you here. And if there's anything you'd like us to discuss after listening to next week's The Adventure Zone, get at us over on Twitter at Romancing Zone. Till next week, I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kurtz. And we've been Romancing the Zone. <laughs> <laughs>